really big ide ideas and ambitions that uh, was very difficult to realize in in a town of Cherkasy, right? And uh, uh, I've always strived for something more, for uh, some career success and to, to uh, implement various projects in life. And I believe that Kiev actually is the best uh, um, city in Ukraine to do so. It's the city of youth, of uh, young people, uh, a lot of job opportunities and, of course, a great place to study. This podcast shows that Ukraine is not what foreigners see on television. In reality, Ukrainian people are much better, much more interesting and friendly than other people expect. This podcast is about the real life, experiences, work, and personalities of Ukrainian people with a focus on the capital Kiev, so that foreigners discover the positive truth about Ukraine hear the voices of Ukrainians, visit the country and invest in the economy, creating more opportunities for the younger Ukrainian generations to stay and build their country. Hello, my name is Aziz and I have a deep connection with Ukraine. My grandfather volunteered in 1987 to help clean the Chernobyl chemical radiation because he believed in humanity. He was a real hero for me and even though he struggled with cancer after that for the rest of his life, he always told me many great things about Ukraine and its people. Then from 2018 to 2019, for two years, I began working with UNICEF in Ukraine to help build orphanages for the children who lost their families in the war. I couldn't return to Ukraine in 2020 because of COVID-19. So this project is my volunteer work to help Ukraine. And thank you all so much for the support. This podcast now is ranking number one on Apple Podcasts about Ukraine. Top 100 travel podcasts in Switzerland. Top 60 travel podcasts in the UK. Top 30 in the Netherlands. Top 25 travel podcasts on Apple Russia. And top 20 on Apple Poland. So please keep supporting and go follow the new Instagram about this project at aziz.future on Instagram. My guest today is Maria Prilipko from the Taras Shevchenko National University, where she is studying international relations to being a part-time academic writer at Devotex, from being the head of the biggest debate club in Ukraine, Debetuin, where she created the platform for debating, conducts the training, organizes the tournaments, and strives to promote the debate movement in Ukraine after winning multiple tournaments. In 2019, for example, she became the national Ukrainian winner of the English public speaking competition organized by LCC International University in Lithuania, and she was invited to represent Ukraine at an international level where she won third place. Maria organized as well the Global Inclusion Online Forum at CFC Big Ideas, designed to bring the world's leading diversity and inclusion executives, HR consultants, and activists, alongside business owners and managers who are looking for ways to make their business more inclusive. She is now 
an infographics designer at the NGO Action Diplomacy Ukraine and a project assistant at CFC Big Ideas. Maria, how are you today? Um, I'm great. Very much uh, appreciate uh, you inviting me today to this podcast uh, and uh, uh, happy to share some experience today since uh, I believe this project is a very nice uh, idea to uh, see and learn about uh, Ukrainian people and take a close look, an inside look about our culture. So uh, very happy to contribute to it. Thank you. And it's very true, because what is Ukraine? Yes, there is the land and the sea and the wheat and everything and the cities, but it really is the people. And the people are not something that you experience through analytics. It's through understanding their thoughts, lives, and hearing their voices. And to begin, this is the question that I sense should be the beginning. First, to make sure you're originally from Cherkasy, correct? Uh, yeah, that's right. A small town in the center of Ukraine. Let's begin. This is my question. And to make sure that I ask it clearly, I will put some background in it. Are you really a small town girl? And like some people who move to the big city, you try in a way to recreate a small town feel within a group of people or a bubble. And that is why you're involved with so many activities. Or were you more always of an ambitious girl who, although you grew up in Cherkasy, you felt you were destined for big things and you couldn't wait to go to Kiev and go to the big city and become, as the French say, a citadin or <laughs> someone who is a city dweller or a person who is totally a city lover. So can you comment on this? Mm -hmm. That's an interesting idea. So I've never really considered why I, I have always strived to move to Kiev. Um, however, I believe it's the second uh, uh, idea that you mentioned uh, about uh, like really big ide ideas and ambitions that uh, was very difficult to realize in in a town of Cherkasy, right? And uh, uh, I've always strived for something more, for uh, some career success and to, to uh, implement various projects in life. And I believe that Kiev actually is the best uh, um, city in Ukraine to do so. It's the city of youth, of uh, young people, uh, a lot of job opportunities, and of course, a great place to study uh, my field, study international relations. So yeah, this is the second option. We will speak about international relations, but I want to explore this a bit more. What kind of like little girl were you? Because usually there are two types, either a girl that from the very beginning, you were confident, ambitious, almost a little princess. And you thought, yes, I'm going to make changes in the world. Or you were more of a vulnerable shy little girl and there was a kind of transformation like the butterfly coming from its cocoon mm -hmm. where at some point in your teenage years adolescence you transformed from a child from a shy girl into an ambitious woman which one were you and if so how do you believe maybe the environment you grew up in or your family, did they encourage your independence a lot? Or they were more letting you free to choose whether to be that way or not? And can you comment on this? Mm -hmm. 
Um, yeah, actually, as a child, I was a rather shy girl. Like, I really lacked confidence. And sometimes I even couldn't stand up for myself and express my own opinion. So I would rather say there was a transformation. It wasn't like very radical and instant. Uh, it took time and it took a lot of effort to, uh, and when I think about uh, um, my past and what particularly influenced uh, my decisions and uh, had an impact on my worldview, uh, I guess the main thing here was the people. Uh, because um, in school, uh, sometimes you encounter like very successful students who uh, achieve a lot, even though they are like 16 or 17 years of age. And uh, looking at them and seeing these uh, examples of bright minds who strive for something more than just studying, um, it really encourages you to change something about your attitude towards a lot of things and find your passion. Um, there's actually a great saying that um, leaders don't create followers, they create more leaders. And uh, I think I found myself for myself uh, uh, people who... Um, actually inspired me to uh, become something more than just a regular student to become a leader. Uh, I can't say that I've already achieved this idea and this goal, but uh, I think I'm on my way thanks to the support of uh, uh, this community, thanks to all the people who contributed to it. Thank you. So if I understood correctly, to you, a leader is a role model, someone who achieves more than just intellectual success and therefore inspires other people to become leaders and role models and go for their potential fulfilling it as well. Please correct me if this was a wrong understanding. And beyond that, you mentioned two things that I believe are important to you. And I would like you to define what is to you personally as Maria the meaning of success and the meaning of confidence. Mm -hmm. uh, that's interesting and um, a great topic to think about. First of all, yes, for me, um, the leader is a person who actually inspires other, others. It's, uh, it's the person who is also inspired, but at the same time, he shares this uh, passion with others. So you, you look at him and you see that um, this person has desires, has wishes, has goals, and does a lot of things to, um, to their achievement. Uh, and of course, it's a great example for other people. Um, and uh, talking about success in life, I believe that it's very, very um, subjective. So um, for me, success uh, is not a destination. I guess it's a state of mind. Uh, when you start thinking of yourself as a successful person, then basically uh, everything becomes uh, um, better in life. Because um, if you strive for something unachievable, if you uh, set yourself on the idea that if you um, like take this position or if you achieve this particular uh, goal in life uh, and only then you become happy, then by achieving it, uh, you just realize that nothing has really changed. So my strongest belief here is that 
um, success and happiness and all those things that we often um, try to search for and seek for um, is just uh, the state of mind. And sometimes you have to, uh, at some point of your life, realize that uh, you have achieved a lot that you have uh, worked uh, um, well enough, that uh, you have done a lot of things for you to um, become a valuable like human being in the society. Um, however, you can still have your uh, goals and uh, your plans for the future, but uh, th- you should think of yourself as something um, already valuable and remind yourself that you have done a lot. One second, this is beautiful and very close to my heart. So first, if I understood you correctly, you're saying, look, people might distract themselves by working too hard to show that they're a worthy or valuable member of society, but they have to remember and look at their achievement and almost have a gratitude journal where they think, look, I did this and this and this and this. If I work, it should come from a place of wanting to work or wanting to achieve more rather than needing because of lack. Is this correct? And then I will add more because I want to verify that I understood you correctly. Yeah, that's correct. Sometimes you just need to appreciate small things in life and uh, uh, enjoy whatever your position obtain and uh, enjoy the life you have, the close people to you. Because if you constantly like work hard, uh, thinking that success will come to you someday, well, uh, sometimes you just don't pay attention to all the things that are around you. Something like that. <laughs> no, thank you. And even scientifically, this is called you're creating neural pathways for expectation and waiting for someday rather than gratitude and appreciation of the now, which means two things that are <laughs> both worth than, worse than each other. One, when you get the success, there is something called hedonistic adaptation where you, the, your brain is made to not only be satisfied with what you have because throughout evolution, whatever you had is already secured. But if you stop there, you can lose it. Therefore, there is a drive for more and more and more to keep you on the hamster's wheel forever because your brain wants the next thing. And because the next thing adds more to your survival than what you have, it wants more survival. And the second thing, you train your brain to not appreciate what you have now. Therefore, you always wait for later and later and later. And there is there are many examples of people who think, oh, when I get that job, I will be happy. And then they get it and they're like, no, when I get that house, I'll be happy. And then when they get it, they're like, oh, when I get like half a million dollars, I'll be happy. And then when they get it, they're like, look, that other person has five million. No, I, I'll wait to be happy until I'm like them. And then it never ends until the end. You're like, look, Elon Musk has more than me. So I'll only be happy when, yeah, <laughs> when I'm the next Elon mm-hmm. Musk. And you spend your life in a state of not of chasing. Because what happens is that when you are working hard, your attention is consumed. And you don't have attention left to appreciate what you have. That is why it's important to begin the day by putting your attention on gratitude and appreciation first so that you're sure to spend it in that way. At least that's how I think. And I mix it in two ways. To me, I agree with you. The process is the most wonderful because when I want to be like on my deathbed, I want to look back and think, look, I enjoyed my life and I did every single thing I could do that I can contribute 
and do and therefore it's not about the results it's about saying i gave it my best best shot and to ask you i know i ask you what is the meaning of confidence because mm -hmm. to me i believe confidence is a really really thorny issue that people define in, in an impossible way and therefore it makes it almost unattainable and creates a lot of self-doubt by thinking am i confident there is something also called the imposter syndrome where successful people look confident but inside of them they're not because they have an ideal perfect image of what confidence is and they think oh my god i still have some doubt i'm not confident am i fake people look at me and i'm like not as confident as i should but it's not true because it's not human what is to you the meaning of confidence and I spoke a lot, but because this is a topic that is really, really close to my heart, like I said. And I want you also to share one thing about the value of the people. You said people are very important to you and that people inspire you and you like inspiring them. If you can share a story about such dynamic happening that touches your heart as well, it will be awesome. <laughs> Uh, great. So answering the first uh, question about confidence, um, I have never really faced in life uh, this uh, phenomena that you describe about like uh, shaking and thinking about myself, uh, am I confident enough? Uh, however, I do realize how this uh, happens in practice, because uh, as I already mentioned, uh, um, I was shy and sometimes uh, it's each person experiences difficulties when encountering uh, new people in life, when getting to know someone or just conducting um, interviews because everyone wants to show the best impression of yourself and show that you're like the, the greatest uh, um, employee and stuff like that. Um, I guess uh, you just need to accept in this case the idea that uh, um, not feeling very confident uh, with yourself is sometimes uh, okay. And uh, uh, you just need to accept such things. Because if this idea drives you crazy, then of course you need to do something. And if you can't change the problem, as the saying goes, well, you need to change your attitude towards this problem. And if you experience some fear, um, what I do, I try to transform this fear um, from uh, like an enemy to a loyal friend. So uh, convince myself that um, I'm shaking because my body is preparing me for action or my heart is uh, uh, pounding so hard just because it gives like strength and energy to my brain and uh, uh, it helps me like think quicker and answer quicker and sometimes it really helps so i guess um, the main idea here is that all the problems are in our heads and uh, in order to solve them we need to first of all sort out everything that goes on there uh, and answering the question about uh, the people who inspire me not sure whether i can give a straightaway example of uh, um of of people um and their value in my life i can say like more general uh would uh, like explain that there is there were a lot of points in life where um i got inspired by people and this is mainly the reason why i am who i am right now right uh, because uh, a lot of people set their examples and we um, tend as human beings to look up to them we tend to find role models in our life and there are um, 
there is actually very important idea that you need to uh, choose the right mo- role models for you because sometimes you like watch movies or uh, watch uh, or, or read books, right? And you find the role models here and somet- there and sometimes uh, they are unattainable to you. But um, if you choose someone from your um from your real life, from your community, then it's it becomes more achievable for you and you're um, more likely to adopt something because you communicate with this person and uh, this person can really share some um, values with you and, and uh, their vision of the world. Uh, if to talk about myself personally, <laughs> um, I actually try... Uh, uh, I'm actually right now uh, starting to realize that I am the example for some particular people, for from for um, people from my school, from um, uh, from different uh, <laughs> communities, and even from the university. And I think it's really important to support them in what they do to to, to help them find themselves. So it becomes like a chain, <laughs> a chain of inspiration uh, when uh, you get uh, something from uh, another human being, you combine it with your own personal qualities and then other person also does that. So um, it's all about interaction. It's all about communicating, uh, helping each other in different situations and helping each other to try to try and find themselves, not just copying others, something like that. Thank you. Well, you mentioned many, many things that are wonderful. One of them, in my interview with Emily Cairns, I spoke about how scientifically physio- in your physiology, there is no difference between fear and excitement. So rather than trying to calm yourself down when you're shaking, like you mentioned, you change your attitude. That is really difficult, but to change the frame from fear to, oh my God, I am excited. That is a much easier way to turn it into a positive thing. And you spoke about how if you look at role models that are unattainable, whether in books or movies, etc., that is not realistic compared to seeing real people who are close to you. And that reminds me of Oleksiy's project, who is an intern at the Ukrainian parliament and a student at Yale and comes from a really small town where he thought, look, the, the kids there and the teenagers are not motivated. So he brought people from his small town who are successful to share about their ideas and show examples that, look, These people are your neighbors. These people grew up in the same situations. You don't need to look at, again, Elon Musk or Mm -hmm. uh, Steve Jobs or Batman if you're speaking about a fictional character. These are real-life people sharing their experiences and struggles with you. And you spoke about your definition of confidence. I will say my definition, which is also there is in science something called the winner effect, which is that when your brain releases serotonin you get happy and happiness is confidence people see happiness as confidence and therefore the happier you are in life the more you will be confident and therefore instead of thinking am i confident it's think am i happy and that is a much much more attainable because in many ways happiness is all around us it's a decision to choose to be happy now rather than to wait for something to control your brain and tell you, okay, now is the time to be happy because you got that achievement X, Y, Z, rather than say, be happy now. And 
you said something and I want to mention it. You, when you said, you laughed two times when you said me personally. I have to ask, why? Is it, are you a person who in reality looks so extroverted and looks so um, <laughs> talkative, but you love to speak about ideas in a, and in a way that is a shell. But if you speak about yourself, that feels a bit uncomfortable. Um, well, nice question to think about. However, I'd like to mention an interesting fact that I really, um, I'm aware of uh, this uh, guy from uh, um, the Yale University uh, who actually is from Columbia because I have uh, friends who are <laughs> in accordance with them. Just a fun fact that uh, the world is really small here. Uh, and uh, um if to talk about myself, right, uh, um, I wouldn't say that um, talking about uh, me and my experience is somehow more difficult about, uh, than talking about ideas. Uh, however, I still sometimes um, find myself um, uh, difficult uh, in getting to know with other people and uh, communicating with them. Um, not sure why does it happen. Uh, maybe because... Uh, um, there is still um, something, a shade from the childhood where I wasn't really confident about myself and uh, uh, very like worried uh, about what others would think about me. So maybe this is happening for this reason. <laughs> maybe that, that's why I'm better at expressing ideas and something not related to my uh, personal experience and personal life. Uh, however, I'm pretty um, pretty open to other people. Wouldn't say that I'm an extrovert. However, I like communicating with others. I like uh, uh, listening to their vision. And, uh, well, it's very important to listen to someone <clears throat> rather than talking. I like that. It's like the saying goes, and I noticed you use sayings two times, at least, maybe three. We have two ears and one mouth for a reason. <laughs> Yeah, and to I tell think... you, mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, so we should listen twice as much. And to ask you now, I noticed this pattern that to you, you think about people in a way as a melting pot where people add their experiences and you add yours and together they mix up into something new and better and like the elixir of the human experience through interacting with others and through involvement with people from different backgrounds on projects. First, is this a fair understanding or not? And then I will ask something about it. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I believe that's true. And uh, I would eventually add that um, it actually a lot of projects and a lot of the best projects are realized uh, uh, in a team, right? So you need to combine your efforts in order to achieve anything. Uh, even if to talk about some um, competitions where you usually stand only for yourself and for your um, own efforts and your own ideas, still you need to uh, somehow support, you need to compromise with others. And uh, uh, 
again, it's it's all about interaction uh, because uh, anything uh, is better when you have like the people who stand for you and who support you in anything and somehow can help you because like various people, various experiences and everything adds something to the project. Therefore, uh, you can always listen uh, to what others can say about what you do, uh, their comments, their advice uh, and learn something from that also. So you broaden your horizons by combining uh, like various uh, ideas. This is actually what we do in debating, right? Uh, when we try to listen to others and try to somehow accept their points of view and uh, add them to our uh, own understanding of the world. I like that because really, if your goals can be achieved without a team, they're too small. You need bigger goals. And scientifically, that the more diverse the background of a team, the more innovation and creative ideas, as well as the more people who will see blind spots that other people do not see, and therefore given a clearer picture to make better decisions and have better impact on reality by understanding reality more through different lenses that are developed through different backgrounds. And to relate this to two levels, one, why are you such an activist for diversity and inclusion? And second, is this whole process of different backgrounds and you mentioned compromise and things like that relates to international relations? Hmm. Um, it's like the idea of connecting the dots, <laughs> various experience and various interesting and how does it all come to international relations? Well, um, about diversity and inclusion, I first uh, encountered uh, this idea when I started working in CFC and especially in organizing this uh, whole uh, event, uh, the Global Inclusion Online Forum. Uh, however, I was aware of um, the importance of such things just due to the debate because in emotions that we have in rounds, they're always uh, um, you, you can often express uh, uh, the ideas and values which are promoted by the West, uh, by the Europe and all that stuff. So debaters are usually people um, like very inclusive because they have adopted those values and in a lot of motions, a lot of social problems that there exist in our world, diversity and inclusion is very um, it, it's very much of a great interest right now in all the countries, especially if you talk about Ukraine, uh, where we don't have this very much of an idea of diversity in the workplace in each and every company, right? So it's very essential, I guess, for us to um, implement this in the workplace, in businesses, uh, since uh, um, uh, we know from the experience that a lot of uh, uh, businesses and companies who has already adopted uh, this idea they attained a, they attained better results and stuff like that. So I guess it all came from debating this realization of such issues and the understanding that it's actually important. Plus, uh, the job that I do uh, while organizing the um, event, you need to read a lot of articles on that and uh, study this issue, uh, especially when you're involved in content management and uh, like leading the ideas and communicating with the speakers. Uh, well, you have to be aware of this stuff. So uh, this is how I came to this. And uh, like connecting with um, international relations, 
I believe it's still important because, uh, uh, again, in order to interact with other countries, especially if you, we want to achieve uh, uh, something uh, similar, uh, achieve similar success as Europe, many European countries and uh, um, take Ukraine to a new better level uh, and uh, a better uh, role on, in the international arena, we have to adopt those values. So uh, accepting diversity and inclusion in the workplace, in the businesses of Ukraine, uh, will eventually lead to, uh, to uh, a better uh, position and vision of Ukraine, right? Uh, so uh, I believe that it's still possible um, to um, to connect these uh, ideas with uh, uh, my future, like job, possible job in international relations. Um, therefore, yeah, I believe it's a valuable experience that I'm having right now. I like what you're saying and what I'm hearing. And again, please correct me if this is wrong. <laughs> that you are a shy girl and then you decided to open international relations to other people as a team and then to open international relations to the team to the company and then to open the company to the ecosystem and the organization like the deep the debate organization and then the whole of ukraine and then now you're taking Ukraine from China to international <laughs> relations. So it's a metaphor of like they say, you remember, I don't know whether you know in mythology a long time ago, they used to think that the world or the earth is on top of a turtle. And then someone who is very smart, like clever, I would say, came and said, okay, what is under that turtle? They said another turtle. And then what's under that turtle? They answer, it's turtles all the way down. So it's to you, international relations from your own personal to one-on-one, -on -one, to group, to organization, to community, to country, to international. And hopefully, mm -hmm. like I mentioned yesterday on with the, C, with the founder of Drone UA, it will be intergalactic and you'll be maybe the ambassador of Ukraine over there, although he will be the ambassador of the food of Ukraine <laughs> because that's what he wants. And to ask you a bit more, I'm curious about you as a person and uh, you are smart. I respect that. I like your knowledge. It's really wonderful. However, I want to know about you as a person. So this is the question I will ask. And mm -hmm. I've only asked it once, but I feel inspired to ask it again. It was to Anna Halusenko or Galusenko. I'm sorry if I said the name wrong. Mm -hmm. It's okay. You are you. And I sense that you achieve from a sense of wanting to better the world rather than from escaping and distracting, which is what most people do. Most people are away from that. They try to forget the pain of life by working harder. And it's unfortunate. But to ask you then, what is the perfect day for Maria, if you had everything, you achieved everything, you have everything perfectly in your life, mm -hmm. what would be the thing you will do in the morning, your morning ritual? What would you do? Would you be in Ukraine or maybe, I don't know, in the Bahamas? I'm not really sure. What will be the activities? Would you read some specific book that you love? Would you spend time with specific people? You don't have to say many because someone will listen. They'll be like, oh, my God, you didn't mention me. I hate you now. But I mean, in general, like that, what is the perfect day for Maria? 
Um, <laughs> uh, I believe that uh, it will be the day for, for rest and calmness since uh, um, most of the days right now. Uh, and I, I guess in my whole life, they are in a somehow rush because you have a lot of tasks to do. You need to, um, you know, to do to do that, to call to that person and to schedule your day. So um, uh, what I have noticed about myself right now, that all the days are planned, that I have a schedule for practically each hour of my day. And sometimes... Uh, um, Sometimes it becomes very complicated because um, everything is planned, everything is known beforehand, what I'm going to do tomorrow and uh, uh, the day after tomorrow and all that stuff. And it's all about work. It's all about tasks different uh, and stuff like that. And sometimes uh, what I really wish is to just enjoy myself. So I guess that... Um, uh, if to talk about this particular day in future, uh, when all the work is done, when everything is established and I don't have any tasks, I don't want to plan this day. <laughs> Just uh, I want this day to live um, as spontaneously as I can. So if I want to go and drink coffee with my friends, I will do it. Or if I want to go to the cinema, it's also okay. Or if I just want to stay at home and read a nice book, it's also okay. So I don't want to um, to plan this day anyhow, just to live and enjoy this day and enjoy my life <laughs> for a full. This is how I see it. I like that. I'm hearing two things that are wonderful. First... I hear that you are someone who really likes tranquility. And one of my favorite movements, and there is a book about it, it's called, it's called the slowness movement, where there is real push to say, look, if you rush, you will actually make more mistakes than doing slowly, and you will not appreciate life. It's like eating a meal really fast. You have no time to appreciate it. Yes, you got the nutrition in, but is that really enjoyment? And that fulfillment doesn't come from rushing. But yes, in our modern world, especially you, since like you said, you have so many dreams and achievements to do. So to ask you, are you someone who really loves tranquility? And one of my five values is tranquility, me personally, because I don't feel that good at the end of the day that has been too rushed. I just feel like I had too much coffee. Even if I didn't have too much coffee, it's not good. While beginning the day in a slower way and then increasing ends up a lot more calm and peaceful. And that's why also I like meditation in a Zen Buddhist kind of way, uh, just the meditation process and techniques of being present to the moment. So tranquility, as well as spontaneity. And I have to ask about this. Mm -hmm. Are you really into spontaneity or is it a coping mechanism where you had so much organization that you're like, I don't want this anymore. Give me the opposite. Because many people who are highly organized, they don't like taking risks. So to ask you, and maybe this is the wrong time since you are looking forward to this, but are you a risk taker in a way where you like risk or do you like predictability in life? Um, no, I think I'm more of a predictability person. So I have everything organized, uh, both uh, concerning my stuff in my room <laughs> and also concerning the day and all the tasks for a day. Uh, I just mentioned uh, those uh, taking risks because it's something really new to me and something I want to experience, like living uh, your life just without any plans. 
it's it, it it looks like something unattainable uh, and uh, really um, exciting, I guess, because uh, now everything is so predictable. Uh, there is a charm about that because uh, you're you can achieve this, you can plan your day, you can. Um, you can play the part of the day when you can have rest and stuff like that. But uh, there is something about risk, which I want to experience maybe somehow in the future. Thank you. And a small question before we end and speak about Ukraine. How do you deal with the circadian rhythm, which is that your body's biorhythms change and fluctuate throughout the day? which also means today at 10 a.m., maybe you have a lot of energy to do something. Maybe tomorrow at 10 a.m., it would be better to rest but and that time and do it maybe at 11. But because of um, scheduling your day preemptively, you end up with a schedule that might not be the optimal use of your current energy at every moment. Do you deal with this in any way? Maybe are you a huge coffee and tea drinker? Or uh, what is your perspective on this? Uh, yeah, I actually really like sleeping in the morning. So it's sometimes very difficult for me to wake up at 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. Uh, so yeah, the coffee really helps in this situation. Uh, and uh, um, uh, sometimes I really tend to forget about my health and my biological rhythms and all, all of that stuff uh, because I have many tasks and uh, um, sometimes it really uh, comes on the background uh, of my schedule. However, uh, I really want to change something about that. I really want to um, spend some time like doing sports and thinking about my health and maybe sleeping a little bit longer. Uh, so I'm currently working on that. I believe it's really important not to forget about that. And uh, um, <laughs> please do not copy my mistakes and uh, think about your health, first of all, because uh, the results may be very harmful. Okay, I have to play the devil's advocate and even before we end, because I remember a scene from a movie where uh, someone was invited to a mansion at the Hamptons and he was poor and the people were rich and the patriarch or the father of the family, he said, money isn't everything, spend time with your family, enjoy your life, that's much more important. So mm -hmm. the poor guy said, well, it's easy for you to say because you're rich. So people also in your case, people might think, look, you have so many achievements you did at the age of 18 that maybe other people who are 28 are dreaming about beginning to achieve. So of course, you want to relax a bit and work out and sleep in the morning, but maybe it's you we need that imbalance in order to afford to be balanced later. What is your perspective on this? Or <laughs> Do you think, which is something that I agree with, that it's about longevity rather than intensity, that doing every day something that you can do forever and that brings you fulfillment and joy will end up in a Kaizen 1% kind of uh, compounding way into much more than doing, 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 and then burning out, and then you end up losing almost everything. That's my experience that I value balance and I go for, which is, I call it the competitive advantage to always think about 25 years ahead rather than one year ahead because you can burn out. 
But when you think on 25 years, you will have a lot more ability to remember, to enjoy your time, to sometimes have time with family that is unplanned or with friends or with people, new people, etc. What is your perspective? And what would you say to people who say, of course, you work so hard, you achieve so much, and now you say you hate it? Well, let me be like you, and then later on, I will care for my health and energy. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I agree with that uh, uh, balance is essential. Um, of course, no one wants to burn out someday and then look back and realize that you haven't spent that much of a time with your friends or family uh, or the close ones and didn't have like the rest uh, um, necessary for you to um, continue your job. So, uh, however, maintaining this balance can be also difficult. And I know from my experience that even though I I strive to um, schedule my day in that way that I can have some time for my rest. Something very often goes wrong, and something you sometimes you um, end up procrastinating and then just rushing into your deadlines and uh, again burning out. So um, the balance is right now the hardest thing for me to do. Uh, the hardest thing to plan my day in such a way that I don't procrastinate, that I don't like uh, scroll my Instagram for an hour uh, and all that stuff and really mm, enjoy some time with my uh, family and friends. Uh, it's difficult. However, I'm trying to cope with that right now. I think uh, the balance is uh, uh, really, really what we all need right now in this uh, hour, in this century of the constant rush, constant strive uh, for the independence, for um, career development and stuff like that. Thank you. It reminds me of the Tony Robbins quote, I don't know whether he said it publicly or not, but he said it in his business training, that really business is going from problem to problem. And the only time you'll have a rest is when you have a catastrophe. So (laughs) that's what you're saying, that life is about always something will happen when you need to rest. And that's the problem and problem. And the only time you don't have a problem is when you have a catastrophe where you can go bankrupt in business or you can, everything can be lost. And I guess that is life. That's why we should detach our identity from achievement and things, because I highly believe in stoicism. And my favorite book is the um, notes or meditations of Marcus Aurelius. And in it, he talks, he was like the most powerful person of his day. He was the Caesar of Rome. And yet he will speak about his insecurities. For example, he will say in the Senate, they're much more witty than I am. But in it also, he said, look, why should you try to be loved by people who obviously don't even love themselves? Because if they cannot love themselves, you can't demand from them or expect that they love you. And I thought like so many wonderful thoughts are in that book. And that's why I love it, especially one specific translation that is, to me, speaks in a more human way than others. Okay. To finish this, because this can go on forever, you are absolutely wonderful. Ukraine, to you, people who are abroad, I'll ask two questions. One, you could have studied at, uh, in Lithuania. Uh, We could make an argument for that if we were debaters. (laughs) You could have studied anywhere else in the world. You chose to be in Ukraine and to develop the international relations of Ukraine. 
maybe this is the wrong question that you want to be an ambassador somewhere. So you're leaving Ukraine at some point. But why did you choose to stay in Ukraine? And if you were someone, an ambassador of Ukraine in another country, and people came to you and said, look, we never visited Ukraine. We hear about it. But can you tell us what is like something that represents Ukraine for you? How are the Ukrainian people? And I understand it's very unreasonable. You cannot summarize people in words, but they will ask that question, I'm sure. They will say, like, what is Ukraine? What represents it? What is its culture? What are its people? Then what would be your answer? Mm -hmm. um, okay, answering the first question about uh, why have I decided to study uh, in Kyiv, um, I still believe that... Uh, well, it is very difficult for uh, people from like small cities and uh, uh, a lot of families to afford studying abroad because it's still um, there is still a lot of expenses. Um, in Ukraine, it is much more um, cheaper to live than anywhere practically uh, in European countries uh, or like highly developed countries. Uh, but um, I believe that wasn't the main reason. I just uh, realized that. Uh, I like Kyiv as a city, and uh, I believe it's still a city of opportunities. And uh, you can uh, achieve a lot of career success even living in Kyiv, not anywhere abroad. Because uh, moving abroad, it means that you have to uh, lose a lot of ties, a lot of ties with your family, with your friends, uh, uh, give up your previous life, which you're basically used to, uh, and... Uh, uh, really change uh, your maybe attitude towards the world uh, and a lot of things that are very close to you. However, when you're in Kiev, for example, you can still, um, if anything happens to you, you can uh, address your family, your close ones, which are near you, uh, like in three hours or something. Uh, and you can still build a successful career and you can still contribute and do something for your own country rather than just going away and uh, uh, trying to find success somewhere else. Uh, because if um, no one does that, if uh, all the minds are trying to leave Ukraine and to uh, leave it as it is, uh, then no development, of course, is possible, no improvement. So at least mm, we need people who are willing to change something. And uh, I believe if I'm staying right now here in Ukraine, it's uh, in our hands, in my hands to um, really improve it as a country, at least uh, step by step, at least by some small deeds. One uh, second, one second, before yeah. you finish that, yeah. that reminds me of something wonderful and I love Peter Drucker and in one of his books, because he writes a lot of like thoughts and it's wonderful. He's inspiring that after he turned like 60, then he, be he became a business writer and became really famous and a legend. And before that, he was not, he was doing something else. So anything can happen at any moment. It's not really about trying to rush it. But he says the best way to predict the future is to create it. And I believe that. So that's what you're saying. If you want to make Ukraine a wonderful country, don't wait for it. Or like JFK says, don't ask what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. So it's about you creating the Ukraine you want by staying in it and putting the effort like a farmer who will, <laughs> who will um, toil and then 
in, in, to get the fruits in the end. And please continue because that was a wonderful answer. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Great. Yeah, I agree with that, that everything is in our hands. Uh, and uh, well, I'd like to mention also about the people in Ukraine. Uh, since I study in one of the, I believe, best universities in the country and also communicate a lot uh, with uh, people who are debaters, right, uh, then um, I would rather say that people in Ukraine, especially in my circle, are highly educated people. And not just educated uh, um, j just because they study uh, like various politics and uh, uh, some fields uh, um, from high uh, in intellectually and stuff like that, but because um, they are very curious curious about everything that is going on in the world. And my friends who are also debaters, uh, they are the ones constantly searching for something new, constantly exploring uh, the ideas and values of different countries and uh, the worldview. So we're the people who try to broaden our horizons uh, um, as much as we can and to learn about experience of other countries, to learn about uh, their values and then uh, hopefully implement them in uh, our own society and make it much better. So these are the people who um, are very um, curious, who are willing uh, to change something, to release their own projects uh, and uh, hopefully <laughs> inspire others to do the same. I love that. And this could go on forever, especially you said specifically five times inspiration or inspire mm -hmm. in this one hour. So that's a word that means a lot for you. And I imagine it's a core value, not inspiration per se, but something, whether the impact of it or the sharing of inspiration or being inspiring is something very important in your life and in your identity. But Let's end on a like wonderful note. Can you share about the work that you do, all kinds of work you're involved with now, as well as which links the listeners should go to to discover more, to learn more about your work and the work of the organizations you're involved with? And if they want to communicate with you, I will make sure to write it in the description, whatever you will talk about now, the links. Mm -hmm. Uh, well, if you're kind of interested in uh, the debate, debating movement in Ukraine, you can reach me either in social media, uh, either in Instagram or uh, in Telegram, anywhere you want. Uh, it's actually pretty open to uh, people from different countries because we have debating in English. We have rounds uh, in, um, in English and uh, uh, we have even a couple of foreigners from um, various countries in our movement. Uh, and uh, um, uh, if you're interested, for example, in the upcoming event in the Global Inclusion Online Forum, you can also visit our uh, website or our social medias to learn more about diversity and inclusion in the workplace and to listen to these big ideas, uh, which are going to be presented in uh, May this year. Uh, but the main uh, source, if you want to reach me, of course, is uh, via social media or maybe via Gmail. Uh, uh, and I can write down uh, all those necessary links uh, in order for you to uh, write that down. <clears throat> 
Thank you. And it reminds me of Anna Chachina, who met her foreign husband at Toastmasters. So like you said, you had foreigners there. She met the man she married in Toastmasters in Kiev, who is French. So it was, uh, in a way, uh, something that changed totally her life. And she recommends highly to join a debating organization when you're in Kiev, because the people are full of life dynamic, full of energy, and always interesting. Maria, it was a pleasure and honor, and I enjoyed this very much, and I wish you a great day. Okay, thanks a lot. Uh, thanks for inviting. That was uh, pretty interesting.